Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The rise and fall of Shanghai's coffee king. Chang Pao Cun was a coffee pioneer in China, one of the first people to bring the dark, caffeinated beverage to locals. But his story, set against the unhinged origins of Shanghai coffee culture, is also full of tragedy. This article, published with permission, is an abridged version of a study of coffee history in Shanghai, conducted by the Little Museum of Foreign Brand Advertising in the Republic of China. Published in China, Read to you by Cliff Larson. In March, a research firm based out of Shanghai claimed that Shanghai has the most coffee shops in the world. The study only looked at three other major international cities, Tokyo, London, and New York. But the results were nonetheless startling. Shanghai has nearly 7 thousand dedicated coffee shops, while Tokyo has 3,826, London 3,233, and New York 1,591. This news may come as a surprise to coffee connoisseurs outside of China, but Shanghai in fact has more than 150 years of history in roasting, brewing, and serving coffee. In Precy, After the creation of the Shanghai Foreign Settlement in 1843, the earliest venues to offer coffee to its Western residents and travelers were hotels. A rather curious first attempt to introduce coffee to Chinese consumers was reportedly made by the Llewellyn and Company drugstore. British pharmacist J. Llewellyn sold coffee to local Chinese as cough potion. While the medical benefits didn't seem to have convinced its customers, the venue turned to regularly selling coffee and pastries in addition to drugs which is why it later became known as the Llewellyn Western Restaurant. In 1886, the Temperance Society of Shanghai worried about foreign sailors spending too much time drinking and visiting loose women, proposed to pool funds to organize a coffee house, which became the Hongqiu Coffee House and Reading Room, probably Shanghai's first real standalone cafe. It served coffee, tea, and non-intoxicating liquors, according to an article published in the North China Herald on January 13, 1886, to draw sailors away from those 
horrible dens where instead of being comforted with wholesome liquor, they are poisoned with vitriol and petroleum and all the other ingredients of adulteration. In 1897, the oldest Shanghai restaurant still active today, Cosmopolitan Butchery, was founded in Hong Kong, then spelled Hong Kyu. After the First World War, it changed to Chinese ownership and remains open today as De Da Western Restaurant. In 1924, the first mass production facility for coffee in Shanghai was founded under the name Shanghai and Hong Kyu Wharf Yuji Coffee Company. In 1928, the new Kesseling Cafe became the talk of the town as the first Chinese-run Western-style coffee house in Shanghai. It was founded by the foreman of the German Kesseling and Bader restaurant in Tianjin, along with two other Shanghainese pastry chefs. Initial funding was allegedly provided by Northern warlord Commander K, after whom the venue's Chinese name was created. Legend has it, the warlord later sued for name infringement, but lost. Eileen Chang immortalized this cafe in her novella, Lust Caution, when a character recalls a famous cheesecake. The cafe still exists today at the very same location on 1001 Nanjing West Road, making it the longest standing coffee house of Shanghai. In 1924, an article in Shenbao News introduced readers to a cafe called Shanghai Cafe on North Sichuan Road in Hong Kong and frequented by many Chinese celebrities of art and literary circles, including Lu Xun, Yu Dafu, Gong Binglu, Meng Chao, and Ye Ling Feng. Lu Xun also frequented Gong Fei, a cafe near his residence that would go on to become the cradle of the leftist cultural movement. Lu Xun's coffee hangouts continue to exist today as the old film cafe on Duolun Road, formerly Darak Road. A third wave of coffee shops followed in the late 1930s, started by Jewish refugees, most notably from Vienna, one of the best coffee towns in the world, who brought their distinct coffeehouse culture and tradition, names such as Fiache, Colibri Cafe, Cafe Elite, Zumwessen Rosel, and Wiener Stübler, famous for its Viennese apple strudel. But in all this time, Shanghai coffee consumption was largely driven by foreign residents and a small Chinese intellectual elite. That would finally change in the 1930s, with the emergence of domestic entrepreneurs in the coffee market. One name in particular would rise like cream to the top of the Shanghai coffee world. King of the Shanghai Lao Ke Le. In 1935, Zhang Baochun, a Zhejiang native, founded De Sheng Cafe Xing with his wife on Number 22 Broadway. It was Shanghai's first large-scale coffee roastery and distribution company under Chinese ownership. It imported raw coffee beans from abroad, roasted them, and sold them 
packaged in tin cans to Western restaurants and cafes under the registered trademark of CPC, Chong's initials, not to be confused with Communist Party of China. Japanese attacks in 1937 forced Chong's company to move locations. He opened the CPC Coffee House, a.k.a. Sheng Cafe, on 1472 Bubbling Well Road, what was then part of the International Settlement and close to Jing'an Temple is now the intersection of Nanjing West Road and Tongren Road, occupied by the United Plaza Building. This CPC venue soon became one of the most famous coffee shops in Shanghai, frequented by the so-called Lao Kulei, white-collar Chinese workers who adopted a Western lifestyle. Drinking coffee became a symbol of nobility, status, and taste among the rising Chinese middle class. Zhang himself was a prototypical Lao Kulei, given his English language education and early involvement with foreign businesses. He was born in 1913, close to Ningbo, as the youngest son of the family. Family sources say both his parents died when he was seven. He was sent to Shanghai at the age of 14 to enroll in the English-language St. Francis Xavier's College. At 16, he got his first job working for the foreign-managed Powers Company Limited, whose main business was in coffee and fruit trading. These apprenticeship years undoubtedly laid the groundwork for his later success. When he turned 18, Chang moved to Hong Kong, when he returned to Shanghai two years later, he founded his first business, the Honolulu Food Company. The January 28th incident forced him to close his company in 1932. In 1934, Chang married Fang Huiqin, born in 1917 in Zhenhai, Zhejiang, to a poor rural family. Huiqin moved to Shanghai at the age of eight. She met Chang while working at a small vegetable market on Seymour Road, now Shanxi North Road. The couple established Desheng Coffee together. Fang was involved in the business from the get-go, personally roasting the coffee beans, controlling the temperature, and selecting recipes. After successfully operating their family business for several years, Chang became recognized as the originator of the domestic Shanghai coffee industry and served as the representative of the Shanghai Coffee Association for 10 straight years. Chinese newspapers of the time referred to him as the Coffee King and claimed 7 out of 10 Shanghai coffee cups use CPC coffee. The title Coffee King was shortly contested in the English-language press by S.H. Levy, owner of Levy's Coffee, until he vanished to Palestine after the chaos of the Japanese occupation. In December 1944, Chang opened a second CPC coffee shop, this time in the former French concession, on number 534 Taishan Road, today's Huahai Road. The building which housed the cafe still exists today, and is right across the street from a hipster coffee shop ironically called No Coffee. After the boom of the 1920s and 1930s, 
There was a depression during the war with Japan, which caused shortages and rising prices in imported coffee beans and international brands such as the American's S&W Coffee, which briefly maintained a failed coffee shop on 889 North Sichuan Road. Chang spun the situation to his advantage after he allegedly engaged in price-fixing, unpaid import invoices, company reincorporations, and other shenanigans. Nonetheless, shortly after the war, urban coffee culture enjoyed a big revival, and by 1946, there were 186 cafes registered in Shanghai, and altogether more than 500 venues serving coffee. Among them, Café Louis and Confectionery, Seventh Heaven Café, Maxwell House Café, New Dollar Café, Renaissance Café, Swan Café, Ladybird Café, Carnation Café, Café Roy, Café Rex, Corso Café, Foch Café, and the Vienna Café. By 1949, Dexheng was flourishing and extended its distribution business to Hong Kong, with plans to open a branch in Kowloon. Dexheng also managed a third Shanghai location in the former French concession on Rue Lafayette. The shop reportedly had been opened by 1930s movie star Han Langen, who mismanaged it and asked his friend Chang to take it over. Things were going so well that Chong also opened the Chinese United Bakery Factory, producing breads, candies, mooncakes, chocolates, canned coffee, and canned food, as well as the Chinese United Chemicals Factory, which manufactured synthesized DDT as insecticide. He was also praised by the Chinese press for his charity work. A Shunbao article from August 24, 1944, mentions hundreds of thousands of yuan in donations to two primary schools in his hometown of Dinghai. Wisely, he supported student aid activities organized by Shanghai's two major newspapers, Shunbao and Xinwenbao, which further helped raise his and CPC's public profile. CPC's brand awareness was so high that in 1945, a knockoff brand called CYJ emerged selling coffee cigarettes. Imitation is the highest form of flattery, as they say. But when it came to real coffee, CPC dominated, leaving smaller three-letter acronym competitors, such as ABC Coffee and the Brazilian EBC Coffee Company, in the proverbial dust. It was also during this time that Chang reportedly bought the first Cadillac sedan in Shanghai, which was imported from the United States with the help of the Brazilian embassy. An article in the Tiabal from November 1946 said the CPC brand was second only to Coca-Cola. But the high times weren't going to last forever. In China, fortunes change fast. In 1946, Chang reportedly lost a lawsuit after making unwanted advances on a famous dancer. That same year, the CPC Taishan Road location was closed, a premonition of much worse to come. 
After the communist liberation of Shanghai in 1949, drinking coffee was increasingly looked down upon as a capitalistic bourgeois pastime. In 1950, after returning to Shanghai from a business trip in Hong Kong, Chang Paochun was arrested and sentenced to three years in prison for historical counter-revolutionary crimes. His wife, Fang Huiqin, was left alone to raise their ten children. Shortly after his release, Chang was sentenced to yet another 12 years for giving a private loan to one of his former employees and sent to a labor camp in Qinghai. In 1958, CPC was changed to Shanghai brand and CPC Coffee House became Shanghai Cafe, which remained open under government operation. By 1959, Chang's Desheng Coffee Company had become fully nationalized and renamed Shanghai Coffee Factory. Throughout the Cultural Revolution, coffee consumption was effectively banned, and canned coffee produced by the Shanghai Coffee Factory could only be bought at Western-style hotels. Ordinary people could not obtain it. Only customers with foreign exchange certificates were able to purchase coffee beans or ground coffee. The greatest luxury available to a few select Shanghainese was Shanghai brand's coffee tea, made with the leftovers of ground coffee beans mixed with sugar and pressed into cubes. But then, in yet another twist, Shanghai brand coffee eventually became one of the most recognizable made-in-Shanghai brands during the reforms of the late 1970s and early 80s. Coffee became a popular wedding gift. It was a mark of distinction for locals to have a shiny red can of Shanghai brand coffee on their living room shelf. Even after his release from prison, Zhang would not return to Shanghai until 1979, fearing further repercussions. The Bureau of Reclamation of Yunnan invited him in 1983 to serve as a technical consultant for the development of the local coffee industry. Chang, then 69 years old, spent three years in Yunnan establishing the Yunling Coffee Company, which became the origin of self-produced coffee in modern China. In a stroke of tragic fate, his office was completely destroyed in a mysterious fire. The incident caused him to leave Yunnan, with great sadness and returned to Shanghai with a payment of merely 6,000 yuan, less than 1,000 U.S. dollars. Only much later did he learn that the facility he established and the people he trained in Yunnan ultimately became Hogood Coffee, now the largest domestic producer of instant coffee and supplier to Nestle. After years of struggle and disappointment, Chang was finally officially rehabilitated in 1985, and parts of his family's seized assets returned. His wife, Hu Qin, subsequently moved to the United States in 1987, following one of their children who had emigrated to California. Chang stayed behind to give his Chinese coffee dream one more shot. 
At the age of 74, he invested all his money in a new coffee business with the intent to establish another coffee factory with a new partner. The plan failed, and Chang once again lost all of his savings. Reluctantly, he agreed to leave Shanghai for California in October 1991. His timing was unfortunate. In the early 1990s, imported brands and instant coffee began penetrating the market, and the Shanghai Coffee Factory eventually stopped producing its hallmark canned coffee. Since 1988, the Shanghai Coffee Factory had been part of Meilin Company, the current owner and producer of another old Shanghai brand, the famous Aquarius Soda, Zheng Guanghe, produced by British businessman Colbeck and McGregor, in 1882. In 2001, Shanghai Cafe on Nanjing West Road, the original CPC coffee house, was permanently closed. Remnants of the CPC brand could be found in downtown Shanghai up until around 2016 at Shanghai Coffee Factory showroom, which prominently displayed Desheng Coffee since 1935 on its signage. The location has since been closed, and Shanghai Coffee Factory only continues to exist as part of a website maintained by Meilin Aquarius, listing a few coffee-related products. It's unclear if the products are actually still in production, since no traces of them can be found in stores these days. No reference is made to its founders, Chang Pochen and Fang Huiqin, nor the original, CPC brand. After suffering from a stroke in May 1992, Chang was hospitalized. According to his son, the septuagenarian regaled nurses from his hospital bed about his CPC and shared his plans of restarting his coffee business in China. The coffee king of Shanghai died in California in July of that year. His wife, Fang Huiqin, passed away in 2015 at the age of 98. Their legacy lives on through one of their sons, Charles Zhang, who founded several multi-million dollar businesses in food and beverage in the United States. The Rise and Fall of Shanghai's Coffee King, published in Sub China, read to you by Cliff Larson. This article comes from the Little Museum of Foreign Brand Advertising in the ROC, M-O-F-B-A, or in Chinese, Mingguo Zhongwai Guanggao Wei Guan. This is a private collection in Shanghai showcasing the captivating history of Western brands advertising in China during the golden years between 1912 to 1949. For more information and to see some beautiful pictures of the CPC cans, the coffee, and the advertisements, you can go to mofba.org.